Happy Thursday, everyone. It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hi, guys. Happy week after Thanksgiving. We skipped last week because obviously it was Thanksgiving. But uh, we have a lot to talk about. As promised from the last pod, I don't even know if you listened to that pod, but certainly you did, the audience. But the person I'm speaking to is Britt Morgan Sachs, Woo! the famous, the my bestie from the other coast, sadly, now. And I said on the last podcast, Britt, I was like, maybe we should get Britt back. Britt needs to come back. It's been a while. Home for, for the holidays. Back. Oh, Britt. You're back. You're in Jacksonville, Florida. We're going to talk all about your thoughts on what's going on right now. But I need to say hi. I love you so much. Britt, guess what I did last night? Tell me. I might know the answer, but tell me. Well, because my Instagram and maybe I think I left you a very disturbed can, message can off this? of Ambien last can night. Can we include this? A snippet? <laughs> I, I, I think it's a mess. We might have to include. So I, I really was in a movie mode. I wanted to go to a movie theater. I just had this craving to see a movie. And I like big action packed movies. Like, I mean... Uh, Marcus Aurelius, come on. There was no better movie than Gladiator. Like, I'm a Ridley Scott girl. I love that shit. Like, give me the music and the 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 fashion costumes, and the romance and the, the costumes, you know, all of that. So Napoleon was going to be my jam. And I don't read reviews. Like, I get a general sense. And I'd heard there was some problems with the movie. But, you know, a sweeping historical account. I understood that going in, it wasn't staying true to the facts. For example... Napoleon was like 23 when he started his whole sort of rise. And when he fell in love with Josephine, Josephine was six years older than him. And in this movie, Joaquin is like, looks already like he's 60 when he's starting. And Napoleon is like 60. And Josephine is, is 20 something years younger than him. Of course. So let's just be clear. Of course she is. And then there was no blowing up the pyramids in Egypt. And he had like some King Tut moment. Like there's, it's, it's historical fiction. Just like Gladiator wasn't, and you know how many kids always are like, where's Marcus Aurelius? Uh, it's fine. Okay. This movie, it, I'm I, when I came out and it was nine o'clock, I was shocked. I was actually shocked. I thought it was like two in the morning. The movie was longer than the French Revolution. The movie felt longer than Barbara Streisand's biography, memoir, or whatever that I'm listening to, which by the way is not also not that good, but it's 48 hours. The movie, it was a catastrophe. And adding insult to injury, they made Joaquin towards the end look more and more like Quentin. I'm not even joking, but <laughs> he looked just like Quentin. And then not, I don't mean that in a good way, but I did, I didn't take it in a good way. <laughs> the movie <laughs> it it's so pretentious because first of all, or maybe fifth of all, everyone has an English accent. The French have English accents. Why do they do this? The English have English accents. The Russians have English accents. The Austrians have English accents. Everyone has an English accent except Napoleon. Joaquin, what is Joaquin's accent? Joaquin. He doesn't even, he's like, hey, like I'm Napoleon. I want to get pregnant. I want you to be pregnant. Like he just is talking like he could have been in any modern day movie. 
and it was so pretentious. I, I'm sorry to rant on this, but this is pop culture. It was so pretentious, but it was like, they expected you to have like knowledge of every single detail about the sort of history, right? So they and you enter into this river, you don't know who is what or what date. First of all, one day can go on for like 20 minutes and then 30 years goes on in like six seconds. Like it doesn't make any sense. You don't know who is who. His brother, you find out is his brother, but it's not meant to be hidden. You just never knew. You never made the connection. And then his brother is there. Then there's no brother. Josephine has children. Then they're not. Then they're adults, but you don't know that they're the kids. And it's, I've never seen such a mess. And the worst part of it, for no reason, the amount of violence towards horses, it's like Ridley Scott woke up with a fucking anger towards horses. I can't watch animals die in general on in movies, but like the there's no reason to see a horse blown to bits time and time and time again as it shrieks in pain. It's not necessary. Well, my takeaway from all of this, well, thank you, Brooke, for uh, laying it all out there and for saving no, me. No, it was really upsetting. I'm really upset. I, I can tell. I, and uh, even in your ambient haze. Do you know how much those movie tickets <laughs> well, cost? Well, I was going to say thank you, for, thank you for saving saving me money because I was actually, I probably wasn't going to go to the theater. Let's be honest. I wasn't going to go to the theater. $27 a ticket. That's too much. And apparently it's an Apple movie. So like, I don't know what Apple's doing. I guess it's released on the big screen with through Sony. See, I'm learning all mm-hmm. this like Hollywood lingo mm-hmm. now that I live here. Like I, but the movie was made for Apple. It's made to be watched at home. And let me tell you, people will watch it at home and either they'll turn it off right away. Like half the movie theater left, walked out. Imagine paying $27 for a movie ticket. You have those nice recliner chairs and you leave. But another thing that happened to me, which is why I just want to be really rich so I can just have my own movie theater. Like, I know I have like a TV room, but I want a theater with the whole experience. There was this couple that sat next to me. Fortunately, there was one seat. And this woman, I knew she was going to be a problem from the very get-go. I knew she was going to be a problem. She... She looked like sort of punky Brewster grown up and she had like all these layers and this hat and she like, she literally was on her phone throughout the trailers, which is to me a no, no. She was editing photo for Instagram of her kissing her boyfriend. She had taken off her shoes and put on like fuzzy socks and had a little like blanket and was curled up with the boyfriend. And then I'm not even joking you. Thank God I was wearing a sweatshirt with a hood. It was as if halfway through the movie, she caught tuberculosis. <laughs> That's all I can think about. I'm sure I have tuberculosis. I just, I ended up putting myself in like a freaking, like I, the only way I could breathe was taking short breaths outside of my sweatshirt. She was hacking, coughing, sneezing. You're, you're describing my worst nightmare, but you know what I'm thinking of when you just, when you mentioned the blanket? Cause I, I don't like, I don't like theaters in general. I kind of never really have. I get like, heebie-jeebies from going there I just think about like are there bed bugs like is that how dirty is the fabric and then thinking about someone bringing their own blanket into the theater I just oh like do you think she washed it when she got home that's my question no I think that girl's <laughs> probably dead now I think she died if she made it home from tv slash covid oh oh can you imagine 
It was disgusting. Can you imagine if she put that blanket back on her bed when she got home? But then I came home and I was so anxiety ridden. <laughs> I took an Ambien, which I rarely do, guys. I have them like on for like emergency I, use. And Brooke, this was the greatest. Okay, like we're gonna have we're gonna have to include this clip. It's so good. It was like, hi, I I took an Ambien, but like I, I, I don't know. It went on for two minutes. I thought I was like gonna prep for the pod. It was a two minute message, one minute and 40 seconds. And it was like, my, my phone, it's like a hill. Like, I, like I'm walking up a hill and I can crush my, and I can bend. I'm like, what the hell is this chick talking about? And it went on from there. And then something like, okay, I'm going to get into my car. No, I mean, I'm not going to get into my car. And so finally I dropped. First I was of all, in I my bed. Playing, I, thank God. I started playing the message when I was doing drop off this morning. I was like, Oh, she left me a voice memo, which you don't re- usually do. And I start playing it. And like the kids in the car <laughs> no. like, what? and I stopped playing and I stopped playing it. I'm like, I don't know where this is going to go. So let me just like turn this off. It's generally a good idea, Britt, to never play a voice memo for me in front of the children. Cause it's, just a good rule of thumb. I just thought maybe it was an emergency. I need to fly to LA right now after <laughs> I dropped them off. And I just promptly turned it off. And then as soon as I was alone, I played it. And I'm like, is she okay? Like, how does this end? Um, I took a, I took a Ambien and I just wanted you to know my phone, like, it's like hilly. Like you can... You can ride hills on my phone. Like it's not flat anymore. Like I can bend it. Like I can bend my screen. And there's like hills. Like I'm looking at like you, the text. The text and it's hills. It's really like my phone is lumpy. Like lumpy. Like life. Remember life? But I'm so high. I, I know this can't be real. But I'm telling you. The screen's got hills. I can bend it. Okay, I'm 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 gonna go to bed. I'm not gonna get out of my car. I'm not going. I'm not going to get into my car. I should say. Okay, yikes. Ambient, Jesus. If you hear any crazy stories, it might be me. Like I turn into a werewolf or something. Anyway, all's well that ends well. I will not be spending the money on the on the ticket so thank you god's work you've done for a lot of people here today uh it's, right. you've, you've been a, a gift to the economy and no blankets in the theater people i'm doing god's work but you say you don't like theaters i do want to talk about something else okay though that you have to see okay and i'm assuming there might be a tv version of it but i went the previous evening yeah. my sunday evening mm-hmm. Went to this beautiful theater in downtown LA, Ah, the Mark Taper Forum, which is this, this, it's in that like complex of all of the beautiful buildings. Mm -hmm. And this is a theater in the round. And we saw Alex Edelman, who is this up and coming, incredible comedian. And I've met him a couple of times through, uh, you know, the Emma Freud, Richard Curtis, Scarlett Mm -hmm. Curtis circle um, and didn't realize like, I mean, he's the real deal. He's had his show on Broadway. He's 34 years old. He's sort of he's unbelievable, but he's Jewish. He's from an Orthodox Jewish family. Mm -hmm. And the premise of his show is about basically it sounds like a joke, but as a Jewish kid walks into white supremacist apartment to talk about their whiteness. I think Kara, I, I know about Kara him. had him on. Yeah. I'm so glad you listen to her podcast. I, I don't listen. <laughs> Religiously. All the time. I should listen all the time. Not as much as I listen to yours, but she doesn't listen to my podcast, 
but that's fine. Anyway, he's, it, and it's great, but you know, obviously this has been something he's been working on for years, materialize and whatnot. And he's, you see the evolution of how he is as a performer. And in, I listened to him talk in, in some interviews where he's talked about the notes that he's gotten from, from other comics like Jerry Seinfeld or whatnot. One of the, one of the notes was not to hold the mic, but to wear the headset and I've seen him now perform holding a mic and wearing the headset and watching him on Sunday night. Like he runs around. He's a very, very active performer. Mm. He's incredible. Being free, letting go of his mic mm. and having it, on, it totally changes the interaction with him in the audience. It was really incredible. But he's been working on this for years. So, you know, it didn't, it, uh, it don't think it was, you know, obviously anywhere in his mind that he'd be performing this very, very important sort of show about anti-Semitism. At this time, yeah. Mm -hmm. At this moment in time that we are sort of living in. And I thought it was incredible. I really, he's a powerhouse. He's going to be a name everybody knows. I just, I have to believe. And what a story. His dad is an MIT professor. Who almost got a Nobel Prize or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? Almost, almost. But is it yes. but yeah, you're good. But he makes the joke about his mom's like he didn't win a Nobel in parking. Like it's so funny <laughs> because he, he didn't get a good parking space. And he also he also invented a fake heart. Yeah. Like a an artificial heart. I think that's what he almost won for. And it was great. And I did, I did read this. You're like, he was like, uh, and you'd think my mom married like the biggest piece of shit loser. Yeah. He has that bit about how like it doesn't matter how like how awesome your spouse is, like your <laughs> wife thinks that you're married to the biggest piece of shit. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> He's funny. Like just listen to this clip. Every wife thinks their husband is the dumbest piece of trash who's ever lived. It doesn't matter who they are. Like you ever see Michelle Obama interviewed about Barack? The interviewer was like, he's amazing. And she's like, he's fine. <laughs> Nothing my dad, my dad could be Jesus turning water into wine. And my mom be like, yeah, but it's a rosé, isn't it? But Britt, you know, back to, back to this anti-Semitism moment. We haven't, I mean, you and I talked endlessly, but we haven't done a podcast during this period of time together. And like we are, you know, you're, you're Jewish, you're black and Jewish, you New oh, yeah. Yorker born and raised. You now live in Jacksonville, which a lot of us gave you shit for in 2020. We're like, what are you going to do? You're going down to, Turns out I'm a genius. you're going down to this, the, the heart of the Southern sort of racist center is what a lot of us thought. You know, I found out about my Jewishness later in life and I by no means have done the work yet. Like I haven't been bought mitzvah. I haven't, I am looking to do all of this, but I definitely identify with the culture and I've been to Israel and um, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about it. And over the last, you know, two months, we've been very involved with what's going on and distraught. But you said something to me recently that was so surprising, which is the difference between like mm. that you were in New Smyrna for the holidays. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like the anti-Semitism, the, the what's happening in New York. I, I just want to get your yeah. sense because you're seeing something very different than you would be if you were in New York right now. Yes, which is, I mean, we're in the upside down. So it's crazy to me. Funny enough, I, I'm, I'm um, scrambling to plan my daughter's bat mitzvah. So this is very, <laughs> this is timely. So I think my comment was, you know, one of the things that's been most surprising, a surprise and a delight is how 
much support uh, I personally have received from my community here, which is shocker, quite diverse um, and diverse in a lot of different definitions of that of that word. I had so many people, Jewish, of course, non-Jewish, who reached out to me. And I'd say the majority of people who reached out when everything really started um, in October were from Jacksonville. And not only did they reach out to me, but they actively posted in support of Israel and, and certainly, you know, took the take the position that, you know, we, we want all people to be to be free. We want all people to be you know treated humanely, Absolutely. Um, but very specifically um, that they support the Jewish people. And they stand with they stand with Israel. Um, and and funny enough, and I, I hope I don't get too much um, grief for this, but a lot of those friends were black. Um, and I know that there's been, you know, so much tension um, and surprise, particularly around communities of color sort of not supporting Jewish people at this time when I think a lot right. of the sentiment is that so many Jewish people supported people in the time of Floyd, etc. I personally have have received and have felt that love and support for which I'm so grateful. And, you know, over the weekend, and the reason that you're, you thank God no one can see what I look like right now, I'm still recovering from Thanksgiving <laughs> holidays and like attempting to clean my house and do all the things. My kids are off from school last week. So I'm playing catch up, but um, you look gorgeous. I look so, everyone should know I look so good right now. Stunning. It's a, it's a, it's a horror Stunning. show. It's, it's very Quasimodo. I'm, do, I'm doing very Quasimodo today, but um, yes, that's right. That's right. Week. When you think of Britt Morgan Sachs, you think of Quasimodo. We should, set, we should take a snapshot and, and somehow include this. I just, yeah, right. I'm just going to start calling you Quasi. Quasi, quasi thank you. Um, so I, I spend time in um, often on weekends uh, and certainly in holidays with my in-laws at a little beach town called New Smyrna Beach, which is about an hour and a half away from Jacksonville. And the let's be clear, mm-hmm. as a Rollins girl, where your where your 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 significant other also went, mm-hmm. I spent a great deal of time in New Smyrna Beach. New Smyrna Beach is the shark bite capital of the United States. Is it the world? It might be the world. And, shark attack. And shark- my significant other would tell you it's not they're not fatal bites. They're sometimes they're just little nips. I'm like, does it matter? They're just cute little nips. It's like when potato nips at you. Just cute it's little exactly nips. Exactly the same. New Smyrna Beach. I mean, I had I had the NSB mm-hmm. bumper sticker on oh, my yeah. Volkswagen Cabriolet, of course. I guess what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> I spent so much time in New Smyrna Beach. We would because Rollins is this beautiful, beautiful college. I have to say, I'm so privileged. My God, I went to a country club, but it's you're in Winter Park, Florida, yes. which is outside Orlando. That you're on lakes, lakes with alligators, by the way. Oh yes, like, no big deal. Um, or is it crocodile? No, it's gators. So does it matter? Um, you, <laughs> that's why they had the best water skiing team. We oh. had the best water skiing team in the nation. Why? Because nobody wants to fall because they're fucking <laughs> gators in the lakes. But then we would drive to the beach and the beaches that were the nearest to us within like an hour, an mm-hmm. hour and a half was either Cocoa Beach, mm-hmm. Ron John's or New Smyrna Beach. And New Smyrna, like you could, and there is always the, can you still drive your car onto the beach? Yes, it's the bane of our existence, especially since my in-laws are building, but they're building their house on the beach. We got to stop this. That's a separate- uh, Each yeah. year, somebody would die because oh. a girl would pass out and be on oh. the on the uh, blanket or whatever. Every and a year. drunk guy in his pickup- Every would year. Because they can park and like you could- It's a shit show. What do you call it? I don't know. You can just like- caravan have your igloo with all of your 
drinks and have your music playing, it's such a bad idea. Anyway, so I do love New Smyrna. It's a great place. It's a, it's a kind of like, it's like a unique little spot. Like there are so many different types of people, but I think Jermaine to this is that, you know, it wasn't the place I was expecting to see sort of flags flying of like, we stand with Israel. Yeah. So tell us what you saw. So tell us. So if you had told me that I was going to be seeing like tons of, we stand with Israel flags, American flags and Israeli flags, like I was completely blown away. And so what is it, what does this mean? Like, are we in the upside down? Does it mean we're Republicans? Why is the right, I mean, the far left and the far right always, you know, they, you end up being sort of in the same place, but it's really, I, I'm not smart enough. I mean, you went to Harvard. I didn't, I went to Rollins, but, um, it's a joke guys. I love to say how many times Brett went to Harvard because it's just like, it makes me look good to have really smart friends. Okay. So, and it's not Harvard business school, by the way, which is different. Honestly, I mean, good for you if you went to Harvard Business School, but going to Harvard undergrad, it's different. It hits different. So let's go back to that. We are, I think what we fall into this category now are moderates, right? We're pro-choice, we're pro-gun control, and we're pro-Israel. Like, where does that fit? Where do we fit in? Where does that put us? And the fact that so many people that we know and love, I mean, I can't, the amount of messages I've gotten from people who along the lines of like, I'm so disappointed you're pro-genocide. I've talked about it here. I'm like, oh, right. Cause I'm pro-Israel. I'm pro-genocide. Okay. Like the, the lack of critical thinking is just nuts. And so when you're confronted with what happened at the New York public library, where it's been completely defaced with, you know, swastikas and uh, hate speech and red paint to whatnot from the, the, the Palestinian things, or you have Susan Sarandon, you know, screaming from the river to the sea. And now Jews get to experience what Muslims have experienced in America. It's, it's pretty disappointing. And then you see these right wing community who does not align with your values in other ways Like you, you know, they're probably anti-abortion. They're probably for having as many, you know, AR-15s in their house as possible, but they're showing you the respect and support. Uh, it, it doesn't, it is the upside down. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't know. Speechless. It's, it's, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm processing. I am incredibly grateful to be here geographically where I am at this time. And I mean, I, my daughter came home. She, I was, my kids uh, were in New York for the holiday with their dad who just moved back to the Upper West Side and, you know, lives down the block from Zabar's. And I'm FaceTiming with her with Mirabelle and she's wearing a Zabar's t shirt. And my first, my first thought was, oh my God, I need one of those. And then my second thought was, Are, is, is it safe for her to wear this t-shirt? Is that just nuts? And if you had told me that I was scared for my kid to be wearing like, and Zabar's for those who don't know, is like, you know, a bastion of like Jewish culture and food on the Upper West Side. It's iconic. And I was concerned. So thank you. Thank you to all my Jacksonville people um, for your love. Seriously. I feel it. Well, you know who's also also bringing us joy? We have to have these moments where we have we have joy. Like it was weird being at the Alex Edelman show because I haven't laughed, like belly laughed, like laughed till I cried. I mean, since October 7th. And it was really nice, but also in the setting of very Jewishness and not making fun of it, but highlighting it and yet laughing, crying so hard. But 
we also had a another Southern moment that brought us together as a nation. It's Dolly Parton, man. Ugh. I wrote about it in the newsletter this week. Did you did you see it before the newsletter? Were you was it on your radar what Dolly had done? Were you guys talking about it at Thanksgiving? Only because you sent me pictures or you posted. Right. Oh my God. Oh my God. Babe, I was sitting there like shoveling brie into my mouth, like shoveling. Like I didn't, I, there was like, I was using one cracker to shovel the brie onto another cracker. Like I didn't even have time to get the knife. Like I was cutting, I was using the cracker as a knife to like scoop it in and then do like a little brie cracker sandwich. Like, and I'd already had one. So it was still in my mouth as I was pushing the next you know, movement, of wedge. wedge of brie <laughs> into my mouth. And then there she is. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm counting the rolls. I have like one roll, two roll, three roll, four rolls of my, like hanging over my, my pants. And there's Dolly Parton. I, and I immediately did what apparently half of TikTok did, which is I Wikipedia her. And I mean, she's almost 78 years old. Now let's be clear. Was she wearing high heels and holding onto that stage for dear life at some point? Like I was afraid she was going to topple over. Okay. Was she wearing a bodysuit, which she always does. She never shows the wrinkles on her hands. Like Godspeed. Yeah, she was. Does she still have an unbelievable figure and that boobs? The boobs look like the boobs of a freaking 23 year old. I mean, flawless or flawless. All I know is I want that bodysuit. Like, why can't we all have, like, I'm going to get that bodysuit. I want- I hope she I, does like a collab with Skims because like that should have been a Skims collab. I, I, I think she should be suing Skims because I think clearly she, it's, it's, it's her that invented this. She started it. It's so good. I don't know, but she's saying Jolene, man. Jolene, Jolene. Jolene, Jolene. Okay, I will. I won't. I I love that song. I could listen to that song. Fun fact. Oh no! What? Fun fact. I think this. You could know be Jolene? This, no, I don't know Jolene, but I think I gotta look this up. That she wrote "I Will Always Love You" yes. and Jolene in the same day. Let's 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 fact check that. But I think I heard her. I mean, honestly, we we'll do a link if I can find one. But the um, Howard Stern interview. God, I love Howard Stern. Howard Stern makes fun of people like me, like podcasters. He's like, fucking radio used to be such an art. Now everybody's sitting in their home office with a microphone and doing these podcasts. I think, but he interviewed Dolly. I think Howard would like you. I know. Well, oh my God. I have to, I have to tell you a very funny story. This is a funny story. And for, for, for on the air. Yeah, I'm doing it air. on the air. Fuck it. I, I live a very okay, transparent yeah. life. So my, I have the same doctor as Howard Stern. He also happens to be the doctor of some, you know, world leaders and some billionaires and some people that I've also probably, not probably, definitely have gone after in social media or right here on my podcast. I'm not going to say say any names other than Howard Stern is the good person, but there's some people that I've gone after who, who might like, you know, have electric cars and space and all of that, but whatever. So I get a text from Dr. David Agus and everybody who listens to Howard Stern knows David Agus. He's been on Howard a lot. He's the best. This man saved my life. He has been my doctor for, I, I mean, I used to fly to LA every three months when I lived in New York, as you know, to get my blood work done for years. 
So David Agus, and we have a, like a brother sister relationship. Like he's mean to me. I, I push back. He teases me. I cry. He apologizes. Then he's mean to me again. It's a really functional patient doctor relationship. So he texts me yesterday and along with his chief of staff and he's like, Hey Brooke, do you have a few minutes for us to FaceTime? Do you know what I went through in that? In the, so in that period of time, before I respond, I have decided one of two things. One, I'm dying. I, I haven't had the tests with him in the last, I, I had like some heart stuff a week ago that I got testing, but I, whatever. I'm, I'm thinking he's somehow tracking. I'm dying. There is no question. I am clearly dying. I haven't even texted you yet because I'm processing how I'm going to tell you, my dearest friend, that I'm dying. And they're going to FaceTime me. It's so urgent. The next thing I thought, well, maybe it doesn't make sense that I'm dying because I haven't done blood work. I'm getting my blood work done next week. Oh, I know. My enemies, his other patients who are so prominent or whatnot, have decided it is really not comfortable for them because this is my ego. This is my fucking narcissism that it is not comfortable for them that he's also treating me. And so therefore he needs to, you know, because I'm so active and vocal and critical of certain people that he needs to step away, which I then I obviously responded. I said, am I dying? Question mark. Am I in trouble? Question mark. And I'm just sitting there and I see the dots, 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 dots. And I am like, I'm, I just come out of the shower. I'm completely frozen. And he says, you're not dying. So. Like we'll lead with that next So no, but in conclusion, I'm in trouble. I said, am I dying or am I in trouble? He said, you're not dying. So then I'm like, this is what's happened. He's going to have to stop seeing me. In the 30 seconds before he FaceTimes me with my defense, and why this is a wrong decision and why he's making a mistake in throwing me to the curb and how I'm going to get Kara Swisher to write him and tweet about it. Like I've gone, I'm on the edge. I am ready for a fight. He FaceTimes me. I am, I am ready. I am ready with my defense. I have like the entire narrative and he's like, we would love to have you speak at our holiday party and talk about your journey as a patient and give inspiration to those who've worked here for many years. I swear to God. <laughs> You're like, so I guess I can tear up the petition of all the people who said you should continue to see me. And you know what my response was? How many people on the list did you go through before you got to me? How many people said no? Like Howard said no. You know, world leaders said no. And he's like, poor, I guess it's Brooke settling on Brooke. Um, How did I get into? Oh, so yeah, I'm doing it. Oh, you're coming with me because it's when you're here. It's going to be very fancy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but David Agus, um, and I thought about him because of Howard Stern. Howard Stern did that amazing interview with Dolly. Dolly, was written, she writes songs in like an hour. She would just be like in her kitchen and she's like, I'm going to write I Will Always Love You. Like it's just the craziest thing. She, I think she and Prince genius. were very similar in the way that they sort of had this incredible vision of music. And then some of their great music is performed by others. That's right. Obviously Prince, it was nothing compares to you. Nothing compares to you. I mean, you know, Howard Stern talks about that a lot, even though my serious lapse and I need to thank you for reminding me need to resubscribe, but you know, some of the best songs, it's like 
it's an antenna is up and they're the often the fastest songs to write. Yeah. Per Howard Stern's interviews. Right. Per Howard Stern's interviews. Though I will say the slowest book to ever be written is Barbara Streisand's <laughs> memoirs, which I've talked about here. And I'm listening to it and it's really cool to listen because it's her, she's reading it and she reads it like she's talking to you and they, in, they bring in music or whatnot. But I'm like eight hours in, which means I have 40 hours more to go. I don't know if I can do it. She clearly found she's in the wrong business. Like this woman wanted to either be an interior designer or a fashion designer. The amount of time she gets into talking about a dress and the way it was made and it was the the fabric from, this is a dress from 1963 and she's telling you about the way it was cut to make her look thin and the, and the arms and the cuffs and the fabric and the cost of the fabric. There is more oxygen spent on that. And then she like skips over an entire like funny girl. Like she's like, oh, and then I was in funny girl. It's so bananas. And then she talks about like her antique furniture pieces and the first piece of furniture she bought. There is an entire chapter on like a desk. I got to say it is, it needed an editor. It's 996 pages and I, it, it should have been like 300. Um, but in, in contrast to Dolly, I also talked about it in the newsletter, Poor Jack Harlow was done dirty. So so Dolly Parton was the halftime show. She sang Jolene, nine to five. She was dressed as a Dallas cheerleader. She had a crop top. She's 77 years old. She old. She had legs for days. The production value, it looked like a halftime show of a Super Bowl. I mean, you had the you had the dancers, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders on the field. You had light shows, you had you know, whatever, fireworks, you had the whole thing. And then that was the that was the Cowboys game. I don't remember who they were playing. And then you had the Detroit Lions, <laughs> Green Bay Packers game, which is, by the way, how horrible to go to a football game in either Detroit or Green Bay in winter. Like it is freezing. You are cold. You are miserable. You got to give these people something. They have come out. They are, they are wearing heat pads. They're doing everything. The halftime show was Jack Harlow in an igloo that looked like it was made by the, for the fifth grade art class in, in, <laughs> in, you know, maybe not even, that's not being fair to fifth graders, first grade. It literally, it was like felt stapled onto this like igloo shaped thing. Is that intentional? It, you have to see this. It's unbelievable. It's so truly, it made him like he was coming out of an iceberg, but it's literally a felt igloo that is the size of my desk in the middle of a football field. So it took up and it was done for the TV cameras. Nobody could see from the state, from the stadium because there's this tiny little thing. And he came out and he was just done so dirty. It was such a piss poor production. It was so sad. And you just like, and there are all these memes of like, you know, Dolly versus Jack Harlow. And like, (laughs) it's so sad. I felt really bad. That's so sad. I'm sad for him because I like Jack Harlow. I like Jack Harlow too. There are rumors that Jack Harlow is making out with Billie Eilish. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I saw one of those in like a Demois thing. Sure did. Ooh. That would be good. I know. It would be good. That would be like the rock and roll version of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Nothing can compare. Um, uh, keep us posted on that one. I, like I that. know, right? Following. Last mm-hmm. bit of pop culture um, from the newsletter. There was international 
drama. There was outrage. Gen Z collectively have booked tickets to South Korea to go kick the ass of the parents of this little four-year-old boy who is on this show. There's this reality show called like the gold, my golden child. And it sort of follows a family that's, I don't know, like, is it all families that have like, you know, stressful situations? So this is a young family. They have a newborn and then they have this four-year-old and the four-year-old basically comes out in these interviews and says that he doesn't think his mom likes him. And he's the cutest child you've ever seen with his little glasses. And he's so cute. And he says that he doesn't think his mom likes him. He wishes his dad called him nicely. And he even says, I wish he, like he whispered how he wished his dad would call him. He says his dog dad can be scary. And then he seemingly cries, but he's trying to get himself together. And he puts his hand up to give him like, give me a minute, but you're four. Like imagine a four-year-old being like, I need a minute. I need a minute. And you see the parents, like they have the cameras where they see the mom sort of hitting him at one point, telling him he's not behaving or saying he won't, she won't leave his side at a, at a mall, but then disappears and he's hysterical. Mommy! can't find his mom. I mean, it is truly heart-wrenching. I mean, I spent a fair point, fair part of the weekend sobbing, deciding like I researched, like, can I adopt from South Korea? How do I adopt multiple children? Can I, I'll adopt four-year-old boys with glasses. Like I decided I was going to turn my home in West Hollywood into like a little orphan Annie situation, but in the good way, not not that I'm Mrs. Hannigan, but like, I was gonna say, are nice... you Miss Hannigan in this scenario? No, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I just wanted to adopt all of the children. I wanted them all to come Aww. here, and I would be like, you know, come, and I will make you oatmeal and bring you candy, and everything will be great. Um, and so they're really funny TikToks about the people coming, like they're. But then there's this counterpoint. A lot of them are parents, are Korean, and especially Korean kids, like grownups that have grown up Korean, and they're like you're misinterpreting this entire thing and you didn't watch the whole episode. And frankly, like, you know, this is discipline. This is the way it works. What are your thoughts as a parent? Okay. As a parent of a very spirited three and a half year old boy, you know how you just said Jack Harlow was done dirty. I think these parents were done dirty because three and a half year old boys are really exhausting. And sometimes, you know, you need to like, it's discipline that I don't think that a, a parent should be screaming at a kid or, you know, obviously abusing them or emotionally abusing them. But I feel like maybe this kid was playing to the cameras a bit. Like this whole, give me a minute. That feels very sophisticated. I feel like this is a precocious. He's four years old. You're saying he was manipulating he was us. He's manipulating a us. Like all little kids manipulate us and they go to they're like, Mom, do four year olds manipulate? Yeah. Oh, they're the worst. The worst. Oh my gosh. Really? My kid the other day, he, love him, but he goes, lies on the floor and is crying. And I come in and his dad's standing next to him, like laughing while Liev is on the floor, like tears coming down Hysterical. his face. I'm like, what's wrong? He goes, daddy won't give me my medicine. Okay. Now, if someone had edited <laughs> that for a TV show, you'd be like, his parents like they're withholding cool. this kid's like life's it no no do you know what the medicine is are they christian scientists no, the no yeah what what what's going on he's got like some life-saving medication that his parents are withholding no 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 no. he wanted like fiber gummies right he wanted these like poop, <laughs> we call them poop gummies in the house and say medicine but they're basically candy 
And he'd had one already, and Jordan was unwilling to give him an entire canister of medicine. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, you know, could parents stand to be more patient, maybe more loving, softer in their tone? Absolutely. But, but, but never underestimate the wily, manipulative <laughs> capacity of a four-year-old. Just saying. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm team parents. Another interesting thing is, Two things that did not exist when I was a child that makes no sense to me. One, gummy vitamins, like why I had to suck on those stupid chalky Flintstone ones. That was like considered candy, but those were not, why we didn't have gummy anything. Where did the gummy thing come from? Why was this a creation later in our our lives? And then also wheelie suitcases. What the fuck? Why Uh, didn't we have wheelie suitcases as a kid? I like, how difficult was it to put- Why didn't we have seatbelts? Seatbelts existed. They just, but like wheels on a suitcase is the most sensible, like sensible thing ever. And then I still see people, uh, when I see people walking around with suitcases with no wheels at airports, I'm like, what is the thinking process here? Why are you, why are you doing that to yourself? What should ask them the next time? What is the struggle? What is the struggle? Britt, I have to get back to the real world. I have to go to my job, but what else is happening? What, what, what do we need to discuss? We're not talking about Travis and Taylor this week. No, we're not. We're not. All right. How's your business coming along? It's going really well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Brit's a founder. I am a founder. That's why I also look like this today. Her members club, which will be opening in Jacksonville, it's called the June, and we're all going to be members. We are. It's going incredibly be well. I'm so excited. Should I sell my apartment in New York next year? And buy a part, buy a place in Jacksonville. Yeah. What do you mean? Should you? You haven't done that yet. No, I'm thinking about it. Would I get a membership to the June? Yeah, of course. Do I get a discount? You'll be my guest. Yeah, of course. A guest? I want a membership. You're. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we have to submit it to the committee. But let me tell you one more thing about Jacksonville. The other reason, if you notice what I'm wearing, what am I wearing? No, a sweater. Sweater. You know why? It's 50 degrees. Crisp. You love it. Crisp. Mm-hmm. Right. Come on down. We got seasons. Yeah. We have. Yeah, you do. Humanity. You have seasons. We've got pro Israel. <laughs> You've got it all. The whole thing. It's you got it all. All right. Let's let's close on. Have you thought of your makeout, Mary and mute? I can go. Uh, you go first, per usual. Okay. I per usual. That's just not true. Yeah. I always defer no. to you because I like to be inspired by, yes, oh. go check the tapes. Oh, in this in particular. Okay, whatever. Um, I'm going to make out with Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. I'm going to make out Dolly Parton, obviously, in her cowgirl bodysuit situation. Obviously, yes. Because um, I don't want to see the old lady hands either. I'm fine <laughs> with the bodysuit. I have my own old lady hands to look at. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much I moisturize, I swear to God, I will do that. Whatever procedure will make my hands look younger. I'll pay for that one. I will make out with Dolly Dolly, Dolly Parton. Um, I'd marry Howard Stern and Beth, Beth and Howard. I just would. I love them. I hear them talk about their, like she, she, I look like a saint with David Agus compared to her. She's eating like Lucky Charms. Her, her, they're always talking about her sugar levels. They have cats. They love all their cats. Like, I just think it would be fun to be married to them. Um, they go to bed at eight. They watch all my favorite shows. Like, I feel that that would be a very good, like, I just feel good about it. And I'm going to mute. I I hate to say this, but 
I I actually had FOMO this year for the first time in in, in on this particular thing, and that is, I, I want to be a a gay man who goes to St. Mm. Bart's for Thanksgiving. The mm. amount of men who went with their male friends in a gay posse to St. Bart's and were living their life in the villas or on the boats or on the 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 water crafts, water sports. They were dancing on tables. They all had the same shot. I had like six different groups of gay male friends who had gone to St. Bart's and were living their best life. Now, this is on the heels of them having just come back from, you know, whether they were in Portofino or, you know, San Tropez or whatever in August. So it's too, I want to mute them because I started to feel rage. I really did. I was rageful that I wasn't born a man. I wasn't born a gay man. I wasn't born a gay man who with hot body who gets invited on everybody's boats in St. Bart's, like rage. So that is my mute for the week. I, I would marry that. I would, if they would have me, I'd marry them. I, I want to be invited. I know, Let's but see. I, I, hmm. I had to put it on mute because it really, they're not going to marry me. They're not going to invite me. So I need to have them not exist for a minute. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. I am going to... Mary, can I start with Mary? Sure, you can do whatever you want. Okay. I'm going to marry the Jaguars. Oh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville team. That's killing it right now. Thank you very much. Um, I have so many friends who like don't believe that I actually love this team and football because it's like the first time in my life that I paid attention to any sport and like actively post about it. Are the girls paying attention to football because of Jacksonville or because of Taylor Swift? Neither really. Oh, interesting. Okay. A little, a little, it was like five seconds with the, with the Taylor Swift, but they moved on uh, since she doesn't, you know, come to any games in Jacksonville. They don't care. Um, but let's see. So I'm going to marry the Jags who are killing it. Uh, we just won uh, against Houston last week. And so that was awesome. Go Jags. Um, I want to make out with, I'm going to make, make, make out with Dolly Parton. Yeah. I think we could have the same make out. We can have a threesome. Why not? It's hot. Totally hot. Threesome with Dolly Parton and her bodysuit. That's a good one. And I want to mute. Hmm. God, the list is so long. This is the mute is hard for me too this week. I just think, I just think that, um, I hate to say it, but I want to continue to mute all of the people who have just a complete lack of awareness about reality. No, absolutely. Another good mute is the view. I honestly, those ladies need to stop. I'm done with them. They have, there's misinformed people. They have somebody on there who's like, was talking about it was the freedom of hostages from both sides. They weren't hostages. They're not hostages. They were prisoners. Like get yourself educated, get yourself like, uh, if you're going to talk about on a platform, on a network television show as a media person and talk about current events and foreign policy and politics and all that, fucking get informed view ladies. I'm sick of it. And I, they talk about, Palestinians in Israel in the same breath as they're criticizing like a celebrity couple and their like judgments. It's like, go away. Just go, go away. Mute the view. I'm going to be more specific in my mute. I'd like to mute people in general who are misinformed, who don't take the opportunity to get educated, whatever your position might be, who get all, you know, news from TikTok, though TikTok is a great source, but sort of you know, I, I'd encourage people. No, but they get their news from one source. Yeah, I'd encourage people to really, again, whatever your stance or position, 
to really do work uh, and study and understand, you know, what they're talking about. I think it's essential, critical. How's that? Well, with that, my little Brit Brit, did you have fun? I always have fun with you. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see you soon. I'm, com- I'm coming to your coming coast, to baby. L.A. Coming to L.A. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been a fun one to come back to. And have an amazing rest of your week. We'll catch you next Thursday. Bye, Britt. Love you. Pop culture Monday.